welcome to this special episode of Talking About Rock. I'm Rob Edwards in Buffalo. I wanted to bring you this special episode in lieu of the recent uh, passing of Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins. But before we get to that today and today's guest, I want to chat a little about the shows that both Jerry and I have seen uh, this uh, past weekend. It's been pretty busy. Uh, here in Buffalo, I was able to catch the show with uh, Jim Crean's Hair Nation at the Show Place Theater. Had a rocking great time playing some of the uh, 80s hits, metal hits, and also opening for the show, opening them for uh, the Firehouse Band that brought their 90s music uh, back to the Show Place Theater, uh, covering you know all their uh, tunes, including Shake and Tumble and Love of a Lifetime. It was an outstanding show. So a little tired from that, though, out here, Jerry. I'm, I'm sure you're a little tired there as well. How has your weekend been going? Uh, it's been going very well. Um, I posted some footage yesterday of Jasmine Kane. I believe you were watching the live feed late into the evening with me last night. And um, I don't know why I haven't discovered this three piece before. Um, and I thought they were just a local band. They are from Nashville, um, but they tour nationally. And um, I just thought that they were a regional phenomenon or Nashville phenomenon. But apparently um, they're they're pretty well known across the nation. Um, they uh, played a ton of originals last night with um, some nice 80s stuff thrown in. And um, they tried some new stuff as well. They um, they did a Gwen Stefani number and rocked it up and also a Lady Gaga number with um, with a um, rocking twist to it. So um they were experimenting a little bit last night and trying something new while they were playing their homecoming. And um, it appears that um, they are friends of the show now, and we're probably going to get them on in the next week or two. So that'll be very good. And then uh, the night before I saw the, um, the old uh, reliable Eagle maniacs who do a wonderful tribute to the Eagles uh, some would consider them probably the greatest American band. And I've seen these guys about three or four times. And um, it was one radio hit after another with the music of the Eagles and some Don Henley solo, as well as some Joe Walsh solo stuff. And uh, they're always reliably consistent and excellent. And um, it was a full house there at third in Lindsley. And then the night before, we saw our good friends, the Naked Gypsy Queens, who have been on the show before, and um, it was a homecoming for them as well. They're from Franklin, Tennessee, just south of here, and there was a lot of family and friends out there in the audience, and um, they appeared to be a little bit um, on edge, a little nervous, maybe in front of the hometown crowd. It was the first time they were headlining in Nashville over at the Basement East, Um and um, it appeared that they cut their show short um, because of these nerves that they had. And, and hopefully they'll uh, rebound and, and pick up the pieces and be able to do it again. And um, then the night before, on Wednesday, we never talked about the 50th anniversary of Judas Priest um, with Queensryche opening. Um, they uh, came to the Municipal Auditorium on Wednesday and I also put some beautiful video out there of both bands from Wednesday night. And um, that was probably the best show of the last four days out of all those shows by far. 
Um, Rob still has it at 70 years old. It's just pretty amazing to see him continue to hit these high notes after all these years. And uh, for those that uh, have been bitching and complaining that it's not the real Judas Priest because Glenn and KK aren't in the band anymore, um, Glenn joined him on stage for three songs at the end for the encore. And he's been making regular appearances on tour here with Judas Priest. They've been bringing him out for um, what's uh, what's been one song, from what I understand, for most of these dates. And Nashville had him for three songs at the end for the encore. And um, let me tell you, uh, Richie Faulkner, the guitarist for Judas Priest, is no slouch for those that um, are whining and crying about Glenn and KK not being permanent members anymore. Um, this guy can really play this Richie Faulkner and um, he filled in quite ably and um, played all the great parts that made Judas Priest famous with regards to riffs and solos. So um, don't overlook this guy either. Yeah, it looks like a great show. You know, the video footage was awesome. We hope the people out there appreciate it. When Jerry and I go to shows, we try to bring you a little taste of what's going on there, but you really need to get out to the shows to get the full effect to see what's happening. But uh, when Jerry and I are at the shows, we try to give you a little little video taste. We hope you'll join us for that little spot on when we, when we do uh, the different shows that we're attending to check it out. But um, like I said, uh, let's get out there and see those bands and support the music you love. That's what it's that's what it's all about. Keeping the torch alive for sure. Uh, without a doubt. And I guess without further ado, let me catch my breath and introduce Kevin Kurtz, who's from the uh, the Foo Fighters band. Rob, you could probably enlighten us a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're from uh, Northeast Ohio and they are uh, Foo Fighters tribute band back and forth. Levin, welcome, uh, Kevin Kurtz, to the show. How's it going, Kevin? Hi, Kevin. Good, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Absolutely. we're really glad to have you on the show. Uh, it's obviously a very uh, sad time right now for Foo Fighters fans and kind of an uncertain future, uh, kind of what's going on right now. Unfortunately, maybe you can give us your take on the situation. I've, I've been reading up a little bit on it, and I know that uh, Taylor has had battles with his demons for a while now. So we're kind of waiting, waiting and seeing what's the official uh on it but uh what, what's your take on the situation obviously you're a huge Foo Fighters fan yeah yeah I mean yeah we we started this band uh back in 2019 I've been a I've been a Foo Fighters fan probably since well 94 95 at the inception uh you know it's 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 tragic it, it's horrible there's no doubt about it um you know for those of us you know who kind of know Taylor's history you know it, I don't know that I was shocked I guess is, is the right word certainly upset, devastated, sad. It's, it's tragic, but you know, anytime you hear that somebody has passed, especially, you know, someone who's seemingly as, as healthy as Taylor and, and, and as young as Taylor at 50, you know, to, to lose him in kind of in, in his prime, so to speak, you know, knowing what you know about his past though, you just kind of just shake your head and say, I hope it's not what I think it is, but you right, know. right, because they had that big scare a couple of years ago where he was in like a coma for like two weeks, right? right. And and Dave Brule was in the situation again. Am I going to lose another band member? Is it gonna is it gonna stop me making music? Because he was really down and out, 
you know, when Kurt Cobain passed, he, he didn't want to do any music. He, he just stopped for a while. He just, you know, didn't want to deal with it. And I think he's thinking, you know, maybe am I going to be in, am I in that situation again? Well, you know, if you think back to, to when, when Kurt Cobain died, if you think about Dave, then he was in his twenties, you know, you can fast forward 25, 26 years of Foo Fighters now, you know, they're not kids anymore. They've got, they've got grown kids of their own. The big speculation last night, even, <clears throat> excuse me, even as we were loading in at our show last night, you know, people were asked coming that to ask me, Hey, what do you think the future of the Foo Fighters is? And, and, and you know, obviously nobody knows except for, for Dave and, and the people around him, you know, but me personally, I don't know that they continue. I really don't, you know, Dave and Taylor honestly are the core of that band and they, they are the heartbeat of it, so to speak. And, and to think of, of the Foo Fighters going on without Taylor, I mean, yeah, sure. There are, there are thousands, you know, of, of capable drummers who could fill that seat from a technical perspective, you know, but is the chemistry the same Is the heartbeat, the same Is the creativity, the same, you know, I, I it's, is the brotherhood the same, you know, those kind of questions. And, and I, boy, I tell you, it would be, it would be damn tough to try to replace that. Yeah. And I know there's been a lot of documented turbulent times in the, in the band during the creative process, you know, where they were trying to put out albums and such. And I think Dave would take breaks sometimes and, and temporarily, you know, join some other artists, you know, for example, Queens of the Stone Age, when he, when he joined them for a while, you know, and, and, and some other bands just to kind of take a break and then get back to Foo Fighters. And I, I think that was, that was good for everybody because then they moved forward. They, maybe they needed that. Agreed. I certainly Agreed. think Dave's not going to stand still. His wheels are always turning and um, he'll, he'll find somewhere new to land if he doesn't replace Taylor in the Foo Fighters. Agreed. You know, I, I, his, his creativity and his drive, I don't think is going to let him sit around and collect dust. You know, if anything, he's going to find a creative outlet in some form or fashion, which, which was, is going to be musically driven, obviously, you know, but whether, whether it's, it's with the Foo Fighters or, or some other entity, you know, I, I, it's, it's obviously it's too early to tell. Right. Right. And he's got the movie project, the studio 666 movie and the music for that that's going on. So I, I think they're going to have to figure out a way to, to press on for, for a little while or, and regroup. And, and hopefully we'll, we'll get some new music. If not from them, I, I'm sure Dave will find another project and, and move yeah. forward with that. But so what, I mean, way before this, obviously you guys were, were tributing Foo Fighters and, and had your band coming together. What, what kind of brought that about? Uh, about? Were you doing other things or did you just decide, hey, this is what we want to do? Well, we would, we actually started uh, kind of as, as your, as your basic cover band, you know, just playing all the, the best of the nineties the and two thousands rock that we could come up with. And, and we always seemed like we were talking about throwing more and more Foo Fighters into our sets until it became kind of a staple of our, of our show, you know, and then I got together, the guys together practice one day and I said, Hey, you know what? We do the Foo Fighters really well. You know, and I think we all really enjoy the music and we get, and it's so diverse, you know, and it kind of captures all different types of rock, you know, anything from soft rock, like Big Me, all the way up to, to White Limo, where it's just a screamer, you know, if you're, you can, you can play anywhere in between. So it kind of covers all the genres of hard rock and, and the guys, <clears throat> I think they kind of, 
thought I was nuts at first and, and, and they probably weren't super fans of the Foo Fighters like I was, you know, they didn't, they didn't know every single little detail uh, like I do, but they, they kind of followed my lead and said, you know what, let's, let's give it a shot. And in 2019, we, we changed over to, to all Foo Fighters, uh, brilliant timing on our part. We actually got started in late 2019, played our first show in January of 2020, and it went on an 18 month COVID hiatus. So right along with the rest of the world yeah exactly (laughs) we didn't get off to a stellar start yeah but uh you know but at least it gave us time to kind of go okay let's go back and woodshed if we're gonna do this let's put a a great show together we watch we 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 pattern our show uh after the foo fighters live shows so a lot of the versions of the songs we play uh we do the live versions thereof so we'll we'll throw a lot of a lot of interludes and, 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 uh, and outros of things that people kind of go, Oh, that's kind of neat. And then they'll go, I think that's the way the food fighters do at times like these, uh, best of you, uh, even pretender. We, we extend that out. We've got a 20 minute version of monkey wrench, which is at the end of the night. Uh, so it's, we, we have a lot of fun with it. Um, last night's show, we played almost three hours. You know, I think everybody had this kind of nervous energy about them. We just wanted to keep keep playing, and we just kept cranking and cranking and cranking. I can feel it a little bit this morning. I'll be honest with you. You know, playing, <laughs> right? playing, playing Taylor's parts for three hours. That guy's an animal. There's no doubt about it. But uh, you know, that's that's kind of where we got our where we got our start. Okay, yeah, and I really I watched some of your videos and stuff, and I really like uh, Don, your vocalist. You know, really sounds great as well. Doing the stuff, Thank you know, it's yeah, it's, it's really nice and. Uh, I myself, coming from the 80s genre, wasn't really so drawn to Foo Fighters because obviously that was a change in music big time, right, for us, from what music, what 80s music was. that When Nirvana came out, that was the signaling the end for us of heavy metal and a new version of music was about to come out with grunge metal. So it really changed changed up things uh, for, for, for fans of, of music like, like ourselves. Yeah. Gave it gave a totally different uh, sound, totally different look uh, to what came out, but really produced a, a lot of bands with a lot of long, uh, you know, longevity to come about after that, which was really great music. Well, I think the uh, Foo Fighters were a little bit more upbeat and happy than the uh, the dark and more depressing Nirvana, and um, I think um, Dave did a one eighty when he started the Foo Fighters and went in a different direction with something maybe a little bit more positive and not so dark. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree, but he has gotten darker. He has gotten heavier in certain times, but it's, he's labeled it non-Foo Fighter material. Like when he did some stuff with Lemmy, right. And he got really hard and heavy doing some of that stuff. Um, So sometimes he, he breaks out of the box and, and, and does a little bit different and then, I think that re-energized him and then he goes back to Foo Fighters and 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 presses on with that. But he's he's changed his sound a couple times, right? Kevin over the different albums, what would you say? Oh, sir. I mean, certainly there's there's no I, I don't think there's a more diverse band as far as like I said, the, the genres of of rock that they uh that they do. Um if you listen to the first album, I think it was pretty straightforward and, and certainly still nirvana-ish you still heard the same some kind of melodies you know in the first Foo fighters album 
right you know when you get you get into color and the shape start, things started to be more more engineered more processed a little poppier um and you know and then you get into kind of the wasting light and it got a little heavier and it's still and then they took a big 180 you know if you look at uh, medicine that after mid or medicine at midnight the latest album you know and kind of went disco yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah it, you you couldn't. I, to me personally, I don't think there's as as a drummer and as a musician that there's a band out there that that you can cover or or tribute that that gives you more opportunity for diversity. That's for sure. Yeah, and they, they always have a great catalog, no doubt about it. I I noticed that they had fifty seven singles over the last thirty years or so since they started in ninety four ninety five. <laughs> And um, that's pretty prolific for any band these days to have 57 songs that hit the radio at one time or another. Yeah, and the, the thing that sticks in my mind, too, is is it's got to be the, bro the Broken Leg Tour, right? <laughs> what, what, that, with the throne that he made, to, to, you know, he, he just keeps pressing on, it seems. You know, he's got to regroup sometimes a little bit. Uh, but Dave, but he uh, he keeps figures out a way to press on, and he and he loaned that throne to to some other singers too that needed it afterwards, which was uh, interesting. Axl Rose being one of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses, and it's 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 just it's just it's just really cool how he he figures out a way to do it and move forward. Yeah. But uh, getting back to Taylor, uh, who we really want to talk about here. Um, okay. I've been watching um, some interviews with him, and like we were saying earlier. Uh, how he was fighting with his demons and stuff. And he talked a little bit about of how he thought he needed to fit into the rock and roll framework. If, you know, if he was going to be a rocker, this is kind of how you had to act. This is how you kind of had to be. And I, and I, I think it was taking him a while to, to get that out of his head. You know, you, you don't have to be the partier. You don't have to, you know, be doing this and that. You just have to be an artist and, and make music. So I think he was still fighting a little bit with that. I would agree with that. You know, I think you're, you're, I think you're probably referencing the the part of the back and forth uh, documentary where he actually, I think he was coming off of a plane or whatever, and he was had a, a drink in one hand and a cigarette in the other hand. And he was just kind of talking about, you know, the living the, you know, kind of the bullshit rock star lifestyle, so to speak. And, and I think he even referenced Keith Richards in, in that conversation, but uh, you know, I, I would like to think, you know, because I think early on, obviously, he didn't have the, the wife and family and, and the commitments and things that he's got now that through the years he, you know, matured and, and learned from those kind of those kind of mistakes and and, uh, and evolved as, as a musician and as a human being, so to speak. So, you know, I, I, I certainly think it's he had the opportunity and, and to to right those wrongs and to, to exercise those demons. So it, it would be. I would be heartbroken to, to find out that, you know, that, that the drugs were ultimately what, what took him down, but, you know, not again, not to speculate on, on all the things you read on social media and all the things that people like to talk about and the rumor. So, but, you know, it, 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 it sure feels like it's headed that direction. Yeah. Yeah. The rumor mill started a little bit. We're obviously waiting for the real confirmation on really what's, what's going on. And obviously the family and the band needs time to grieve, and you need to give them that space, definitely, for sure. You know what I mean? Well, they could either go the way of Led Zeppelin and call it quits or the, the Who and replace them and carry on. So 
it'll be interesting to see which direction they go. Yeah, I'm actually hoping they go the genre like your shirt there, ACDC, and, and you know, get a new member, do a tribute to uh, Taylor, say this tribute album is for you, Taylor, we're going to rock on and keep doing it, and that's kind of what I'm hoping happens. <laughs> that, that would be interesting, to say the least. I, I, I could see maybe putting together a, a cheap trick, Joe Walsh kind of combo tribute. I think that's a couple of Taylor's favorites. Hey, maybe they'll ask you to be on that tribute album, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's oddly enough, I, I've got a, a, a 21 year old son, and he sent me a text last night as I was as a, a, during sound check, and he said, "Hey, you think you're the next man up?" <laughs> I said, "I said, as as good as I think we are, I'm pretty sure our little tribute band is nowhere on Dave Grohl's radar." I said, "I'd like to think, I'd like to think maybe in some universe that he would run across us on YouTube." That's but the reality is he he probably doesn't know we exist. Yeah, I'm well, sure. Yeah, I'm sure he has his little universe of friends that he'll he'll be checking out eventually when he feels. When he feels he's ready, but how many times have you actually seen them perform? I'm sure quite a few, probably, right? I've actually seen them twice. Um, once on the collar and the shape, and again on the wasting light tour. So yeah, I've only only seen them a couple times. I saw them three years ago at an outdoor festival in Franklin, Tennessee, called the Pilgrimage Festival that happens in late September every year, and they headline the show. And they were just phenomenal. I was blown away seeing them for the first time, my, my one and only time, I believe. Um, sometimes the, uh, the concert attendance gets blurred. I've seen so many shows over the years, but I believe that was my one and only time seeing them. And um, I really can't wait to see them again and um, do hope they carry on um, because it was just a phenomenal show. And they went for about two hours. Nice, yeah, nice. The, the very first time I saw him was in, I think, 95 in at the Agora Theater uh, here in, in, in Cleveland, Ohio. And Taylor had just joined the band. Uh, so they had, they had just let their, their first drummer, William, go. And it was funny because you could tell Taylor was still learning the songs. You know, some of the, some of, not only the, the song from the first album, but some of the stuff that Dave had just written and the, and the color and the shape had just come out. And there were a couple of times when Dave would turn around to Taylor and kind of motion to him like, hey, this is the part where you're supposed to start, you know, and he would kind of laugh and start playing. But uh, I remember that very well, you know, because no one knows as much as I do about the Foo Fighters. I would laugh and say, oh, yeah, yeah he, he forgot his fill right there. And, you know, <laughs> so, right. Well, um, you're the drummer. So you're watching him all the time. You're watching the drummer for sure. Yeah. 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 And on that tour, it was really cool because they did a, a dueling drum solo. Uh, I don't know that they still do that, uh, but there were two drum sets on the stage and, and uh, they played a whole song where it was just those, it was Taylor and Dave back and forth on the drums. And uh, it was just unbelievable. There's actually a, a kind of a grainy old YouTube video somewhere out there. Uh, a guy sent me a link a few weeks ago of that show that somebody took with a video camera. Uh, so it, it was great to see it. Oh, yeah. S send us that link. We'd love to share it with our fans. Yeah, we will do. we will do. Were they supposed to tour the United States later on this year? They they were they were uh, they were supposed to come back to the United States and then they were off to Europe thereafter and then I think they were back to the United States again. They have a they had a very extensive tour like 12 18 month tour 
uh, lined out, um, not only doing the DG stuff, but I think it was kind of the, the, the medicine at midnight tour, so to speak. So yeah, it was a, a long, grueling tour, about a show about every two or three days too. So they weren't, uh, they weren't doing the once a week tour thing or the, the kind of the, the, you know, every other week Metallica type of uh, show regimen. It was a full blown every other night concert. And so there was a, a quite an extensive and, and large tour. Yeah, I believe I believe they're they were supposed to perform. They were getting ready to perform when when the, the news came out and they had to cancel the show at, at one of the shows they were at when they got the news about Taylor. I mean, they were they were booked on a show. The audience was there at the venue and um, yeah. and they had to cancel their performance. You know, there were a couple other bands, but they had to cancel their performance and obviously you know, didn't share it with the crowd until afterwards. But it was like they were supposed to perform that day. I think it was a, it was like a South American version of our Lollapalooza. Uh, and about an hour before the Foo Fighters were scheduled to take the stage, you know, someone came out and, and made the announcement and, and I'm, I, I can only imagine what it would be like to be standing there and to get that kind of news at that moment. I can't, it, it just, I can't get my head around it. Were they the headliners of the show, the festival? Yeah. Yes, they were. Yeah. Well, you have to be understanding as a fan and realize that um, that there's more important things than you than to um, scream and yell and complain about things that are beyond your circumstances. So um, I hope um, nobody took it as a slight, um, like the uh, the case of um, Richie Faulkner and Judas Priest. Um, people have been um, just really shit canning this new version of Judas Priest because it's not the same as the old version. And um, there's just a lot of people that are not adaptable to change when it comes to the world. Um, and it's just, um, just beyond me. You know, I, I never really understood that, you know, yeah. I mean, most of the bands with, with very few exceptions, maybe, Aerosmith and, and Rush when, when, you know, never really changed their core lineup, although it could be argued that Rush did off the first album. But, you know, to me, it's going to listen to Judas Priest music. Now, I don't think they could replace maybe Rob Halford. You know, obviously, uh, Tim Owens did for a while there. And, and I'm sure there are there are Ripper Owens camp members and then there are, you know, the, the Rob Halford camp members. And, and I don't know if there's a big crossover between those two. I have no idea. Um, <clears throat> you know, Tim is from our area here, you know, he's got a, a pretty sound fan base and, and we're all fans of, of Tim's and, and Ripper as they call him. And so, you know, unlike you guys, um, hard rock, heavy metal fan my whole life, you know, didn't really get on the Foo Fighters camp until I was, probably in college or thereafter um grew up on all the kiss bon jovi aerosmith van halen rush you know even it's funny because not to get too far off off topic here but when when i when i heard the taylor had died i think it was friday night around 11 o'clock my phone starts blowing up um there was a, a rush lyric uh we're only immortal for a limited time yeah, Dreamline. That's it. I couldn't. I couldn't think of the. I couldn't think of the song, but I knew for some reason that lyric popped in my head, and I thought, "Well, is there any? Is there any situation in life 
good, bad, or otherwise, that Neil doesn't know how to frame in a lyric, you know, and, and uh, so. <laughs> I totally kind of agree. It's probably the most amazing lyricist we ever, we ever had. Definitely. Definitely. You can, yeah. you can okay. sit here all day and debate Rush lyrics. And I know Jerry and I could, cause we're, <laughs> we're huge Rush fans, but, but kind of getting back to what you're saying a little about, about, you know, replacing members and having people and, you know, specifically, you know, Tim Ripper Owens from Judas Priest. We had, we had Tim on the show back a couple months ago. Great guy, great singer. Um, you know, um, love his performances. You know, he had a hard job stepping into the role of someone that had defined a band, had defined a persona. You know what I mean? It was it was tough. He, um, he covered the song straight, and I thought he did a great performance. You know what I mean? But I'm sure that Shadow hung over him, you know, as it probably does to lots of people when you first replace someone in a band. You know what I mean? You, you go out and you do those first couple of shows, and you Fans are not happy about it, and they let you know it usually. You have to win them over. Yeah. You know what I mean? In, in, in any situation like that, you know? So it'll be interesting to see definitely what happens uh, with the Foo Fighters and uh, what, they, what they decide to do. Well, I think there's so much love for the Foo Fighters by their fan base that they would be warm and welcoming to whoever replaced Taylor in the band if that's what they decide to do. I, uh, I don't think the, the fans will poo-poo them by any means for bringing in somebody new because they really have no choice with the, um, with the guy not being around anymore. So Right, exactly, exactly. It would be illogical otherwise. Um, I mean, you're just in a position of what are you going to do? What, what can you do? So, right, kind of back to the ACDC, Bon Scott, Brian Johnson type of thing. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, there there are some iconic figures like when you, you talked about Ripper stepping into Rob Halford's role. You know, could could somebody have replaced John Bonham? Could somebody have replaced Neil Peart? Yeah. Yeah. They 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 probably could have. You know, from a technical perspective, like we talked about. You know, but but from a chemistry and just the the core visual of it. Would, would fans accept it? I, and then on the Foo Fighters side, I think Foo Fighters fans are, are loving, caring, and accepting enough that they would say Dave would never do anything to disrespect Taylor's legacy. And, and if that means bringing in a, another drummer that, that's somehow close to the Foo Fighter family, I don't think it's ever going to be somebody just off the street. It's going to be somebody you know, uh, somebody that's familiar with the Foo Fighters, somebody that Foo Fighters fans are familiar with. Uh, I think he'll, he'll be careful if, if, if they do decide to keep moving in that regard. Um, yeah, but, but whatever happens, you know, we're going to carry on. We're, we're going to keep doing what we love to do as a tribute band. You know, we're, we're going to keep plugging away out there and, and fighting and, and playing as much and as hard as we can. And we still love the music and, you know, we hope it's not over for the Foo Fighters, but if it is, we'll, we'll carry on. So are you a regional band or do you get to Western New York ever in Rob's part we, of the world? We, we, we haven't been out to Western New York yet. At, at one point in time, we had a, a show at the Rapids Theater scheduled in Niagara Falls. Um, COVID kind of killed it. Um, hopefully we can get back out there. We've talked to those guys about maybe coming back in, in the fall or maybe even in 2023. Uh, but Jerry, we're actually coming down your way and into Tennessee, uh, toward the end of this year, I think we're going to be in, in Bristol. 
so I don't, and then uh, we, we've got a promoter down there uh, who's been helping us with shows in the Southeast and Knoxville uh, has been one of the, one of the places he's talked about. So we're, we're going to get out a little bit. We're going to, we're going to try to hit Texas. We're going to go, we've got shows right now in Indiana and Kentucky and in Tennessee, some of the Southeast regions, you know, and then maybe we'll, we'll circle back up and, and hit Michigan and, and uh, Illinois, Indiana and Pennsylvania as well. But uh, we're, we are regional to start, uh, but this will be our kind of our first foray outside of that genre of, of regional. So we're, we're hoping to, to get the tag of national here before too long. Well, I think you could find a place to play in Nashville and get a great response where I'm located. Um, <clears throat> there is a, um, a young crowd here that really loves that, I should say, um, 90s active rock, I guess, if you want to classify the genre. Um, that's what radio calls it. And there's a uh, radio station here called 1029 The Buzz, who plays a lot of Foo Fighters, and it's a very popular rock station in town. And um, I think if you um, got involved with those guys, um, they could probably heavily promote your show. Um, and there's some great clubs to play down here as well, like the Basement East and Bowie's. And um, I think you'd probably be pretty warmly received. There's um, a lot of people that grew up in the generation of the Foo Fighters. And um, I think they're probably the, uh, the kings of that, uh, that 90s generation and that 90s era. So um, people would uh, definitely love you down here if you decide to come to Nashville. No, we would absolutely love to. I'll uh, I'll make a note of those places that you said 102.9, the buzz, and uh, and I'll maybe we'll circle back after after the show, and I'll I'll follow up with you when I when I send you guys the link to the uh, the Foo Fighters show here at the Agora uh, back in '95. That would be fantastic. Yeah, we obviously it's it's a it's a networking game. It's it's uh, you know you, you you work as hard as you can to get as many shows you can and, and build a as following and build a brand and and uh, you know you, you'd mentioned Donnie I think you said you watched some of the videos he's 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 pretty amazing you know from a tone perspective I don't think he he necessarily sounds a ton like Dave uh, but from an energy perspective that guy brings it. I mean, uh, we, we couldn't have been happier to find, to find Donnie and have him with us in the band and the chemistry is so good. Uh, he's got as much energy as a 20 year old and he, and, uh, and none of us in the band are in our twenties anymore. So, you know, it's, it's a, we have a lot of fun. Yeah. Right. I know. I'm, I'm sure, you know, with, with the performance you guys have going on and uh, I don't think you're going to have any shortage of bookings and shows coming up for you guys. Definitely. I appreciate it. So if they want to check you out, should they, they go through your Facebook page or should they go through your website or where should they go? Yeah, the Facebook pages, I, I manage that. It's pretty well up to date. Uh, I keep all the events on there. Uh, you know, from the Facebook, you can link to our website. But I, you know, to be honest, I don't know how many people go to websites anymore with respect to, to bands and social media. It's just so much easier to search them out on, on Facebook and see what they're doing, see what they're up to. Um, our Facebook uh, is facebook.com forward slash Ohio food tribute. Uh, so we're obviously we're, we're based out of Ohio and we're proud of that. And um, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's the easiest way to find us. We've got, I think right now 
I've got just about everything posted in our events page. Uh, there's a couple of shows that I'm not allowed to announce yet because the venues want to do the announcement. So I'm kind of hanging back. Those are festival shows. So they don't, they don't like to announce anything until they can announce all the bands that are coming out. Um, I don't even know who we're playing with. I think there is, it's a two band bill that night and uh, they wouldn't even tell me who the other band is yet. So I'm, I'm pretty much sworn to secrecy on that one. Yeah, we understand some, sometimes it goes that way. <laughs> Definitely. Yep. So if you folks need to get your Foo Fighters fixed, you can check out Back and Forth, the Ohio East uh, Foo Fighters tribute band. You can check them out on their Facebook page. And uh, if you want to book them for your venue, uh, do it quick, I would say. Definitely. I know yep. I want to get my fix. Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and talking, you know, everything Foo Fighters. You know, we wish you the best uh, with what's going on. Please check in with us once in a while and let us know what's 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 going on with you guys. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, I'd be happy. Great, great. And if you folks out there want to know more from us, you have questions or comments, please feel free to email us at talkingaboutrock at gmail.com. Please like us and follow us on Facebook instagram twitter and as always subscribe to our youtube channel for this interview and other upcoming ones kevin thanks again thank you for joining us man yeah definitely thank you, thank you. Nice yep have a great day man you too thank you you're welcome